What a way to start off the day, huh? Seeing some people be obedient to what Jesus called us to do, come forward and be baptized, that is absolutely awesome. And it is a privilege to be able to baptize um, people when they do take that step of obedience. So what a way to start the day. Awesome. Awesomeness. So we're continuing our series today. Oh, I forgot one other thing. Before we start our series today, I wanted to say thank you. Thank you to you, the members of the church. Thank you for last week having enough faith to be, have more faith than fear and to bring me full time so instead of me giving half of my efforts to the church, I can now give all of my efforts to this church. So thank you. Thank you. Thank him for that. Um, and I, I appreciate it. I, I do appreciate it very much. Um, God help you guys. That means some Sunday afternoons I'm going to be saying, where are we going for lunch? Y'all going to have to take me to lunch now. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Okay, now back to our series. We're going to continue our series, Life on Mission. Um, and, and last week, one thing we learned is that everyone's called. Everybody is called by Jesus to a life on mission. And each one of us have a choice. We can choose to accept the mission. We can choose to ignore it. Some of us may even go half-heartedly into it, maybe flirt with it a little bit, you know, but the choice is ultimately ours. And I think that in our life, as we go through life and we're trying to figure out what it is we're supposed to do, I think it's directly affected by if we choose this mission or not. Because I think if we choose this mission, we'll continue to do what Jesus has called us to do and we'll move forward in our life. But if we don't choose the mission that he's called us to be, to do, we may do a lot of wandering and do a lot of time, spend a lot of time wasting our time in our life instead of doing what we're called to do. And understand that my goal in this series um, would be for each one of us to recognize our calling for us to recognize our calling and do what we've been called to do that will not only transform our own lives, that will transform the lives of this church and that we can transform the lives in this community because that's what we've been called to do. Um, remember also, this isn't my mission. This isn't the mission that I came up with. This is the mission that Jesus set in place and that God set in place through his word. You know, and, and it's the mission for us to use the talents and the gifts that each of us have been given. Each one of us has been given a gift, and we need to use that gift to glorify him. So we need to continue to move forward, find out what that gift is, and everyone is gifted differently. Not all of us are gifted the same way. So we need to be able to use our gifts and talents to glorify him in our everyday life. And, and that's my prayer that during this series, we're able to start to learn that. And as you dig deeper into God's word, you'll find out exactly what it is he's called you specifically to do. You know, last week I mentioned the early church and we saw how that early church just came together and they had this radical response to the gospel. 
And it actually says this in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. It says, now all the believers were together and, and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their numbers those who were being saved. They did life together. They did life together. And understand, this was a small church. This small church, very similar to ours. It was a small church, and they did things together. They took time to read God's word together. They studied the Bible together. They broke bread. They ate together. They did life together, just as we should do life together. One of the things we've talked about back and forth is, hey, should we start back up you know, Sunday school, or should we do this, or should we do that? Well, my prayer would be that a lot of you already do life together. A lot of you already take time after church and you may go and eat meals together. You're already breaking bread together. Why not create a life group out of that group of people? If you're already doing life together, what a better way to do life than say, hey, you know what? We're going to go to Denny's or we're going to go to Longhorn and we're going to order some food, but we'll also go and study God's word while we're there and do life together. And create little pockets of life groups as people you already know and like anyways. So you might as well do life together and take that time to dig into God's word. Now at the same time, you could say, hey, you know what? I want to start a life group in my house. You know, I know Scott had one in his house for years. But do life together. Take time. You don't have to come to church to study the Bible. You can do it inside your own house. I used to do a high school boys Bible study at Starbucks on a Sunday night. We did life together. We went to Starbucks. We studied God's word together. And it was interesting because people got used to seeing us and some people moved farther away. Other people came closer to us. And what more compelling than to see a bunch of high school boys on a Sunday night digging into God's word in the public. And then from there, we did life together. We got done there. We went and we got something to eat but we do life together. So instead of talking about, hey, let's do Sunday school with this, why don't we do life together? Spend this life on mission together and look at creating some life groups with inside the church. And you can just simply figure out what you want to do. You can meet at the church. You can meet away from the church. So it's something to start thinking about so that we can look at in the future, creating some life groups so that we can actually do life together. Okay, that was a little sidebar. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but, but as I'm talking about that, today I actually want to talk about oneness. I want to talk about the oneness that us as a Christian community should have, that we should be united together and we should be able to move forward. And I think if we all came together, we could be unstoppable. We could definitely be unstoppable if we all come together and we all have this oneness. And you notice I said Christian unity. I did not say First Baptist Church of Lantana. Christian unity. It is about us coming together and doing what God's called all Christians to do. And we'll dig a little more into that. But also understand if we're divided, Satan will use that against us. And if we're divided as a Christian unity, he will use that against us. And we will be weak and frail and we'll never be able to be used the way God wants us to be used. 
So we got to be unified together. And in fact, Jesus actually prayed a prayer about oneness or about Christian unity. And that's what we're going to be studying today. We're going to be in John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. So if you have a Bible with you, awesome, Bible app, whatever it may be. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. Uh, the words will also be up here on the screen. So real quick, um, if you watch it online, it'll also be online. As I say each week, thank you for joining us online. However, don't let this replace you being connected with the local church. You know, we all need to be connected with the local church where we can work on our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with others. We're glad you're here, but don't let this replace you being connected to a local church or, hey, come and join us live and in person. All right. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dig in. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. And it says, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they be all one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word this morning, Lord, I ask that you open up our hearts that we may receive what it is that you want us to receive. Open our eyes so that we can see you through it all. And Lord, may my words glorify you and be your words as we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So we start and we look at this, and what did Jesus pray for? Jesus prayed that all of those who believed in him would be what? That they would be what? One. That they would be one. Okay, I got, let me read it again. May be made completely one. Okay, so, so he prayed that all of us may be one, that, that we all could be one, that we would all be brought to complete unity that we'd have this oneness with each other. And his prayer was that we as a church or the family of God would be unified, that we would be unified so that, number one, the world would know that God sent Jesus. So the world would know that God sent Jesus. And Jesus' prayer is that you and I would represent him, that we represent him and, and, and being in a relationship not only with one another, but being in that relationship just as Jesus and the Father were in that relationship with each other, that there was a oneness involved with it. And so that we could love each other. Yes, love each other. And we should love each other, just so you know. Um, and understand that as they enjoyed each other, we should enjoy each other. As they respected each other, we should respect each other. And Jesus prays that we would know and experience that, that kind of relationship that complete oneness, the complete oneness with each other as we have that complete oneness with him in our daily lives. And in this passage, Jesus makes this oneness or say this unity of relationship very clear. He makes it very clear in this scripture. And it's also interesting, his purpose of, for oneness being in the world, we know he even said in John 20, 21, as the father has sent me, I am sending you. So we should have that oneness with him as we move forward. And, and as a church, we need to understand we're on a rescue mission. 
We're on the same rescue mission that Jesus was on. Jesus came into this world to save the lost. And we have that same mission. We're here to help save the lost, to be one with Christ and do what he calls us to do. And we find Jesus goes above and beyond and out of his way all the time to let us know that his father sent him. And we need to go out of our way to let people know that Jesus has sent us. Jesus has sent us into this world just like the father sent him into the world. You know, and God sent Jesus to be the incarnate, incarnate himself to die on a cross for us, for each one of us. Think about this. He took on human form. He walked on this earth. He breathed the same, breathed the same air we breathe, spoke the same language that was spoken at the time. He lived in a cultural context. He wasn't outside. And he experienced everything we experience in life. And he did it all without doing one thing. He did not sin. Thank God he can do it like that because I know we can't. I know I can't. You know, only Jesus can save sinners. And think about this. He loved us so much that before we ever even had a chance to know him, he died on a cross for us. Before we could ever get it right, before we could ever get our act together, he died on a cross for us. That's how much he loved us. Knowing even that some people will reject him, he still died on that cross. And that is something to look to as we look to being unified and look to that oneness. As we look at what Jesus did for us, what do we do for others? Can we live that life that Jesus called us to live and be one with each other? You know, and it's interesting because because here at First Baptist Church of Lantana, I think our mission is pretty clear. Because we're on the same mission that every Christian around, you know, from every tribe, every nation is, has. We all have the same mission. And Jesus said it clearly in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, it's one thing just to tell people about Jesus. It's that last part, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's where we fail ourselves because we don't teach everything he commanded or we just simply don't obey what he commanded. But we need to move forward and we have this directive in our lives. It's our mission and it's the same mission for every Christian church every single Christian church, you know? And if we're going to live out this unity Jesus wants us to have, then all of us without exception are on a mission to make him known. We need to make him known. So of course that question is, are you making him known? Are you making Jesus known to the people in your life? Are you inviting people, hey, just come and see. I can't explain it all, just come and see. Because remember, last week I told you, in the U.S., 7,755 people die every day. And most of them don't know Jesus. That should be reason enough just to go tell people about Jesus. If over 7,000 people a day die in the U.S., and non-COVID numbers, just so you know if you missed it last week, non-COVID numbers, over 7,000 people die, and the majority don't know Jesus, we need to do our part. We need to take the mission that he has given us, our marching orders, and move forward and do it. 
And I want to encourage you. It, it's, that's a lot of people passing away who don't know Jesus. That's a lot of people going to spend eternity in hell because we didn't do our part. And unfortunately, each one of us knows someone who could be that that does not know Jesus. And we're not doing our part. So we need to do our part in everything we're, we're called to do. We are called to be one in our faith. We're called to in, embrace our oneness in the family of God so that the world would see God's love through us. Do they really see God's love through us? Are they seeing God's love through you? You see, it's, 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 it's the life that we live out. And, and, you know, I think the world is really tired of hearing about the love of Jesus. Because we're real good about talking about the love of Jesus. When's the last time they saw you as a Christian show the love of Jesus? And there's a di big difference between talking about it, saying, oh, Jesus is love and he loved the world and he did. But are they seeing it from you? Are they seeing it in your life? Are they seeing the love of Christ come outside of you? Because I think they're real tired of hearing about it and they want to see it. So we as Christians need to show it. We need to show that love that Jesus showed to us to everybody that we come in contact with. And you think about this, Jesus demonstrates that love for us. He calls us his brothers and sisters. He calls us his brothers and sisters and he calls us into his family. He's made us one. And even as the Bible says, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. And that's what we need to do. We need to accept one another right where they're at because Jesus accepted you right where you were at. And each one of us know where we were at when we met Jesus. And some of us, it was a really dark place. But Jesus gave us that light to be able to move forward. And we've been accepted. And, and literally, as a church, we should be doing that life together. We should be receiving each other, one another, receiving each other as brothers and sisters in Christ as we move forward. And, and when we invite others and we welcome them into our lives and into the church, you know, we recognize that Jesus accepted us, so we need to accept them. Accept them right where they're at. He loved us enough to die for us. So we need to show that same amount of love. You know, and it's amazing as, you know, Jesus prays that we should accept one another um, and that we'd be on a, this mission together, that we'd be doing life together. And, and instead of the church being known for what we're against, by the grace of God, people should know what the church is about for what we do. Not what we're against, but what we're for. What are we doing as a church to impact the community? What are we doing as Christians to impact the lives of the people around us? They've got to be able to see it. As I said a couple weeks ago, the words out of our mouth are the banners nowadays that people hold over their head. The words of our mouth, they're holding under their head, and that's telling you what team you're on. And if you're on a different team by the way you dress or the words that come out of your mouth, you're never going to be able to communicate. Our banner should be Christ crucified and we should love one another just as he loved us. And in fact, Jesus really couldn't have said this any clearer. In John 13, 34 and 35, he said, I give you a new command, love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. 
Now, I want you to notice something that Jesus didn't say. He didn't say that all men would know you're my disciples by your denomination. You notice that? It don't say nothing about denomination in there. He didn't say people will know you're my disciple because of your doctrine. People aren't going to know you're my disciples because of what music style you have. They're not going to know you're my disciples by what translation of the Bible you use. It doesn't say any of that. It says all men will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. That's strong words right there. And, and through life, we've kind of gotten away from that. And we've actually, Wednesday night, <clears throat> by the way, if you're not coming to Wednesday night, join us on Wednesday night for Bible study as we go verse by verse. But we actually kind of dug into this a little bit on Wednesday night. You know, and the only description of the world should know about us as Christ followers is that we would love one another. John 17, 23, Jesus says this. I am in them and you are in me so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know you have sent me and I have loved them as you have loved me. And so we need to recognize the importance of loving people. We need to understand and and recognize how to love even those who don't know Jesus, who may live a different lifestyle than us, who may not have the same doctrine or denomination as us. Because it's not about denomination. God's word says Jews and Gentiles. Besides John being a Baptist, but we're not going there. That's an inside joke. All right? <laughs> but, but it says Jew and Gentile. It, it doesn't say Lutheran, Episcopal, Baptist. It doesn't say that. You're either a Jew or you're a Gentile. And the majority of us in this room are Gentiles. And that's how we've got to look at it. We've got to recognize that because we're not here trying to build a building. We're not trying to build a denomination. We're trying to build the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to do. We're called to build the kingdom of God. Filling a church is a byproduct of filling the kingdom of heaven. If we do our job and we go out there and show the love of Christ and don't care about, hey, I don't care if you're a Catholic. I don't care if you're a Lutheran because here's the thing. If we're out there working side by side as Christians in this world and we're out there cleaning up the roads in Lantana or we're painting bus stops, whatever we may be doing, if we're doing it as a community of God, that shows that unity, that shows that oneness. And that's going to get people to understand that, hey, they are Christ followers because way too many times we're against each other and we're against each other because of something that makes zero sense because of maybe a word or a Bible or a music or something. The major is the major. Do you believe Jesus is the son of God who walked on this earth, died for our sins, was killed, uh, was killed, raised from the dead, and went to ascended to the right hand of the Father? You believe that? Yes. Guess what? We're good. I don't care if you have all of these other things that you do to try and get closer to God. It's about us doing that and major on the majors. Too many of us major on minors. And it's not about a denomination. It's about being a follower of Jesus Christ. And we need to get used to being part of that family. Because guess what? There's going to be Baptists who don't make it to heaven. Think about that. And there's going to be Catholics that'll make it to heaven before some Baptists. All right? 
It's about that personal relationship and what you're really doing with it. What you're doing with it. Yes, I am, and you guys know, I was raised Catholic. I became a Baptist pastor because I believed in what the Baptist church was doing. I believed in what the denomination and the foundations of it, that's why I became a Baptist. It doesn't take away from my Catholic roots. I met Jesus when I was a Catholic. I met him there and I got to know him when I became a Baptist. But we got to understand that's not what it's about. It's about that relationship with Jesus Christ. And as long as someone is a true Christian believer, because there's a lot of denominations that are called Christians that we know are not Christians, but we need to be one with everyone that we come in contact with. And it's not about denominational lines. It's about the line that Jesus says we're called to do and be on that mission that he calls us to be on. Like I said, we're not building a building and we're not building a denomination. We're building the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're called to build and that's what we need to do. So, so we're called to this life on mission and, and we need to believe as we humble ourselves and that we pray and that we seek God that he hears our prayers, that he answers our prayers, and that we can affect change as we move forward, as we are one, as we do life together. And that's what we should want. We should want to be one with everyone that we come in contact with. We should want to share the love of Jesus with everybody. You know, we, we should believe that, that we can do more together than we can apart. And, you know, it's... it's, it's and that's the attitude. You think about that first century church. That was their attitude. They could do more together than they could apart. They came together. They broke bread together. And think about this. When, they, when, when that first church and when the disciples finally left that upper room on the day of Pentecost, think about this. They didn't have a church building. They didn't have a building. They didn't have a website. They definitely didn't have a Facebook or Instagram page. They didn't have YouTube videos out there. They, they had none of that stuff. You know what they did have, though? They had something that we don't have. They had persecution. They had brothers and sisters who were dying for their belief in Jesus Christ. And even through that dying for their belief in Jesus Christ, what did they do? They spread the gospel. They stood out. They lived together. They had oneness. And what happened in the communities that they were in? People saw their oneness and the love that they had for each other and wanted a piece of that. Man, I don't know what it is. They're being persecuted. They got members dying, but look at how they're living. Look at the love that they're showing for people. Spoke volumes. And that's radical thinking about if we're being persecuted today, how many of us would come together and just love on our persecutors? Probably none of us. We'd be wanting to break out the rifles. <laughs> We'd be wanting to go up in the woods someplace. Go out. We live in Florida. Go out into the swamp. You're not going to find us in the swamp. <laughs> but we're to love one another. And that's how we need to do life together. They did this while being persecuted. We don't even do it and we're not being persecuted. Maybe we need some persecution. Maybe if we start getting persecuted, we do what Jesus called us to do. I bet you'd really find out who's a follower of Jesus Christ if you started persecuting people. Think about that. If you were being persecuted, would you truly show that you're a Christ follower or would you bend to the culture and do what the culture called you to do?
We need to do what Jesus calls us to do. And understand this, that what them people saw in that early church is they saw unity. They saw concern. They saw support for one another. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 34, it actually says this. Now, the entire group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they held everything in common. With great power, the apostles were given testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was on all of them. For there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of what was sold. You see, they were one. They were of one heart. They were of one mind. And this oneness of that first century church is what brought them together. People's needs were taken care of. And like I said last week, don't take this as, well, I need something, okay? The church isn't always able to help financially. And the Bible even says, if you don't work, you don't eat. But we do need to be there for each other. You know, financially, there's a lot of things that we can't do for each other. But if we can provide someone with a meal, if we can provide someone with some clothes, which is why, you know, Scott should have mentioned it, is opening up the clothes closet again in September. As we do this life of mission, a lot of you people, a lot of y'all may be able to say, you know, I can't go out and I can't clean the streets or I can't go, you know, work at feeding South Florida. Or I can't do this or I can't do that. But something that you can do is come and sit in the air condition and talk to people about Jesus while they get some clothes. So while we clothe the poor, you can be outreaching and speaking to people. And that's one of the reasons I want to get it open back up. Get it open back up to where we can clothe those who are poor. Get a brown box ministry going where we can feed those who are hungry. Now, I didn't say a food pantry. I said a brown box. Totally different thing. We'll explain it down the road. <laughs> We've got to figure it out. But under, understand, we, we should be there to support each other and help each other where we can. We can't help with everything. But we should be there and help where we can. Show that oneness, show that love, and show that support for one another. And, and continue to do life. And, and we do life together. You know, think, think about the, you know, the... the their life was crazy. That, that's a radical life. Everyone sold all their possessions, gave it to the apostles to distribute how it was, and they all did life together. That's pretty radical living, isn't it? If someone did that today, they'd call it a cult, <laughs> just so you know. All of a sudden, they'd have their own little compound where they were living. Um, but us as a church, we need to constantly be looking to help each other out doing life together, doing what we can to help those who are in need. But understand, all of us have a part to do, and all of us should be using our talents to glorify him in the world in what we do. You know, and some people in this world just don't believe this Jesus thing. They don't believe that he was the incarnate God, that he came to earth, that he died for our sins. But you know one thing they can't deny? How we love one another. And if we can show that love for one another, we can change the culture and have people start looking and say, man, I, I want what they got. I want a piece of that. What is it that makes you different? 
and be able to speak of the hope that you have in Jesus. Be able to speak of that hope that you have in him. Because they can't ignore how we love each other. They can't ignore how we treat each other. How we may forgive one another. No one can refute that. So we need to show it. You see, the people in Jerusalem were amazed by the unity, the love, and the care, and the generosity of the early church. And I believe this world could be amazed at what we as a church could do together if we came together as one, as the body of Christ, looking to reach this world. And like I said, part of this whole life on mission, the ultimate walk with Jesus, it's about what is your mission Number one, your mission is to go and make disciples of all nations. But what has God equipped you specifically with that you can use to glorify his name? And make sure you use your platform. Like I said last week, whether you're a teacher, construction worker, stay-at-home mom, grandparent, wherever you're at, that's your platform. That is the place where God has placed you to speak his truths into other people's lives and to make a change where you're at. Grow where you're planted. Grow where you're planted. You're in a certain spot for a reason. Grow where you're planted and advance the kingdom of heaven. Advance God's kingdom right where you're at. You know, I believe we can change this world. I believe we can change this community if we stand together and seek him in everything that we do. Become one. Cross them lines. You know, some, some people, it's, well, you know, you got them denominational lines. So it's not about a denomination. It's about doing what Jesus called us to do. And may each of us do that, what he has called us to do, use our talents right where we're planted and grow his kingdom. And so in here, you may not know Jesus. Maybe saying, well, pastor, that's all good, but I don't know who Jesus is. I don't have that personal relationship. Well, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I got good news for you. You're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready. The great news is he'll accept you right where you're at. God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So we're all in the same boat. We're all messed up. We're all jacked up. But every one of us is loved. Every one of us is loved. And God's word says that he loved us enough that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for us. And that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's where it starts. That's right where it starts. Now understand, when, when you first accept Jesus, the world's not going to change. Your family's going to be the same. Your friends are going to be the same. Your environment's going to be the same. The difference is going to be you and how you react to it. And if you truly do what he calls you to do, and then you go out there and right where God has you placed right now, you sow his seed and you flourish where he's planted you. And speak his truths into other people's lives. Show that oneness that he calls us to be as we all seek him. You know, and, and maybe you're up here and you're like, well, pastor, that's really good, but I got issues with this oneness thing. You know, it, it's a relationship with Jesus, not a religion. 
I got a series coming for you. <laughs> because as much as we hate to, you know, we'll say, oh, Christianity is not a religion. Yes, it is. It's a religion that's based around a personal relationship, but it is still religion. So we need to understand that. And as we look at different denominations, denominations are man-made. Anything made by man can divide. And that's exactly what denominations do is they divide us. I'm a loud and proud Baptist, but I have a lot of Lutheran friends. I have a lot of Lutheran pastors who are friends of mine, Assembly of God pastors that are friends of mine, because we're all seeking the same thing. We're seeking the kingdom. And that's what each one of us should seek, is the kingdom. So if you got problems where, hey, pastor, I, I, I don't know about his oneness, come up here and give it to God. Lord, open up my heart so that I can be one with you and one to those around me. Because that's what we're called to. We're called to a life of unity and oneness. And if we're together, we can conquer so much. We can not only radically change our own lives, we can radically change the, transform this church and this community, which is exactly why this church was planted here in 1963 was to change people's lives. So let's change people's lives, starting with our own and moving outside because we got to go meet them where they're at. Not everyone's just going to search the internet and find the church. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Some of them we're going to have to go outside and we're going to have to introduce them and say, hey, we're the church over here. Come check us out. So I don't know what it is, and you just maybe you just got some prayer. You need to come up here, come up to the altar, give it to God, whatever it is. You know what it is. If you need some prayer, I'll be standing off to the side. Heavenly Father, I raise up this church to you. Lord, that we can be one for you. Lord, that we can continue to seek that relationship with you and with others, and that we build on that each and every day. Lord, that, that we don't look across lines as someone being different. We look at them with the same eyes you would look at them with and show that love and speak of that oneness and that joy that we have and that hope that we have in you. So hopefully they will also become one with us and with you. Lord, I just ask that you continue to be with us and that we continue to move for you in everything that we do make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.